1: Duggan Associates, this is Mickey Market.
0: Hello? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today.
1: This is the Cubs Related Podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan, and we are coming to you on Monday, January 25th. You guys likely hearing this on Tuesday, January 26th, and we have another glorious episode of Chicago Cubs baseball to talk about. And luckily, Brendan, at least since we last spoke to everybody, they haven't given me a reason to shed any tears in the last week. So I'm hoping, unlike last week's episode, I, I can get through this one without an emotional outburst and, you know, having to like mute my microphone because <laughs> I'm not able to contain my emotions. Very normal stuff for a near 30-year-old man uh, talking about a baseball team. So that's where we are.
0: Well, let's hope we can get through this episode without any major
1: trades. So, you know, knock on wood here. Right, right. Yeah, I shouldn't speak too soon. We, we just started talking, so really, the, you know, the the timing is is perfect, for especially something. with all these Chris Bryant rumors and now Kyle Hendricks of all people. So let's just get through this, right? Yes, it's like walking through a, a field with landmines. I mean, really, it's it's any moment we could be exposed to something, but <laughs> we don't have a lot necessarily specifically to talk about. Uh, you know, the off season still kind of dragging along. We are seeing some movement, a little bit, you know, in the overall MLB market. At George Springer, who was one of the big fish in this particular offseason, going to the Toronto Blue Jays. Michael Brantley, another name uh, that was much sought after, going back to Houston. And, you know, especially Brantley, one of those guys who, in an alternate universe, we would have been probably talking a lot about if the Cubs were, you know, spending any money. Uh, but they're not. So he goes back to Houston. Springer to Toronto. And we still await some of the, you know, bigger guys as well. Trevor Bauer still out on the market, which will, you know, certainly our feelings about him aside, will, you know, certainly change things and change the market and a little bit in the trade market as well. But on the Cubs front, it is mostly quiet. We hear sort of the same rumors that we've been hearing for. A couple years now. This offseason, Brendan, feels a lot like last year, where it's just a constant battle between the different national writers and stuff like that to regurgitate some new Chris Bryant rumor. This is where this anonymous executive thinks he's going to sign. And like, admittedly, I think he's going to end up being traded just because that seems to be the writing on the wall. It's what the Cubs are doing. You know, so at some point, I just sort of expect it. But it does sort of feel like last year where, you know, you're reading these rumors and you're like, yeah, just like he was definitely going to be in Atlanta Brave, you know what I mean, exactly a year ago. It's hard not to feel the parallels. To I feel like, like I read a Buster Olney tweet like 10 minutes ago that I, <laughs> I could have that. sworn I also read last January, like at exactly this moment.
0: Well, I don't think they even know if Bryant's likely to be traded now this offseason because even with the spring training announcement that they may not even start on time like I feel as if the Cubs with all their revenue issues if they don't know they can have a, a a high confident level of fans at Wrigley they they may not even know what their current budget is yet either so I don't think anyone knows you can ask an executive but I don't even think that executive
1: knows really what the Cubs might be doing Right. As always, unfortunately, there's a lot of unknowns still to iron out here. Like Brendan just mentioned, if you haven't seen that, there was a request uh, from, I believe, the county in Arizona where a lot of these spring training stadiums are to delay spring training uh, with the COVID numbers there being really high. And just, you know, I think them obviously not wanting an influx of. People and, and staff from other states and cities and things like that. Uh, what will come of that? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, obviously, we've seen Major League Baseball be pretty flexible in some of this. You know, last year when the regular season was getting started the second time after the initial shutdown, you know, we saw all of the teams do uh, the second spring training in their own ballparks. They only played teams in close proximity to them, you know, the Cubs playing the Twins and the White Sox in those exhibition games. So maybe something like that. Maybe this is fine, you know, by the time pitchers and catchers are supposed to report. But it's it's just a reminder that because of the outside world that we're living in, outside of just the baseball one, a lot of this stuff is up in the air. The The plan is for spring training and the regular season to start on time and be the normal length, but just given the serious nature of everything going on, you know, none of that is is set in stone and is always kind of open to change. Uh, so that's that's where that is. But Brendan, you know, before we kind of get into maybe more of where the Cubs are, I, I have to ask you, I'm, I'm a- honestly a little bit surprised that you've been able to contain your excitement thus far into this podcast. But how are we feeling? I, we are entering the Austin Romine and Shelby Miller era of Chicago. Cubs I, I can't wait. How do you feel? I, about I can't. It? I'm glad you asked me about that. I'm, I'm really looking
0: forward to uh, seeing Austin Romine and, and, and his skill set play. He had -0. 0.5 WAR last year, nice. and we gave him one point five million dollars when John Lester just signed a contract that in this year twenty
1: twenty one he will be given two million dollars. So that that's where we're at, Corey. Love that. Love that for us. Um, yeah, not to necessarily knock Austin. Yeah, Romain no offense to and him. Shelby Miller. Yeah. But not exactly the names I think we were hoping the Cubs would be delving into. Um, you know, look like Shelby Miller uh, is an interesting guy. He's had an interesting career. Certainly worth a low risk, see what you can do kind of thing. But it, you know, you're this is a couple years now of reclamation projects, right? And it it does sort of get a little tiring given the direction that the cubs are going it makes sense and you know so like it or not it does sort of make sense given the context of the decisions that they've made so far but i wouldn't blame you if you're listening to this podcast and you know thinking back to last off season and even the off season before and the various names that the Cubs were inviting to camp, and this guy used to be good, right? And he coming off an injury, and maybe we can get him in the pitch lab with Craig Breslow and Tommy Hotovy, blah, 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 right? And sometimes it works. Sometimes it pays off, but it's not exactly exciting, and it certainly doesn't offer much to be inspired about as far as uh, what's going to go on with the Cubs this season. But that's really where we are. And, you know, I I think that it was something Brendan and I have have talked a little bit about, and and you've heard me say this before, but I, I think the general direction of our conversations is again, something that I've said before, this is the direction the Cubs are going. So this is how we're going to talk about it. Uh, We we've told you guys before that, you know, every now and again, there will be an explicit episode, uh, like we did after you Darvish got traded, where we kind of go off a little bit on whoever we feel it needs to be directed at. Uh, At that time, it was ownership. Most of the time, it's ownership, really, it's always ownership. Um, No, but it's mostly ownership. Um, But it you know just isn't productive to keep doing like this is the situation this is the reality so we press on right and that brings us to the Cubs situation and and Brendan I I think it's 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 fascinating to look at this because we still don't really know exactly what it is that they're doing right they they still feel like they're in a bit of a middle ground in terms of choosing a direction right they've ruled out the direction of seriously improving this team right that seems to be out it's possible that they make some low cost around the margins moves to improve what they have on this roster right now but I'm even pessimistic of that right I, I think at this point it's a question of are they done moving pieces maybe until the deadline or are they going to move more? And is this team going to look even more barren by the time they may maybe do or do not show up in Arizona, depending on how that all plays out? Right. So what's what's that's what I think is the interesting thing to try and figure out. You know, you're looking at these rumors. Right. There was a rumor over the weekend that the Cubs and Blue Jays had discussed a Chris Bryant and Kyle Hendricks swap. <laughs> I mean, now. I only bring that up because it was the rumor du jour, right, the rumor of the day. It ended up being, you know, the reporter that put that out there literally clarified it as saying, the this discussion occurred, that's it. It's probably not realistic, it probably got nowhere, but I did hear that those names came up and it was discussed. And for all we know, that literally could have been Jed Hoyer saying, if you give me Bo Bichette, you know, like, and Vlad Guerrero Jr., then let's talk. And the Blue Jays said, you're out of your mind. And that was it. And that's, you know, sometimes the basis of rumors. But I I, I just bring that up because it's it's interesting from our perspective, right? I, I think the clear goal now is not 2021. That's just not a realistic goal. If your focus is on the Cubs winning the World Series in 2021, that's fine. I want them to, too. I'm going to be rooting for them to do that, um, but I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think that's pretty unrealistic at this point, um, and it doesn't really seem to be the organization's priority, kind of literally. So the question becomes, Brendan, and we've been asking this for a little while, should they be going further with this, should they be looking to trade anybody that has value on this roster, or sh- is this enough? Have they done enough? Should they wait and see how this early portion of the season pans out? See if you get a healthy Chris Bryant, a healthy Javi Baez, both playing at near MVP levels. You know Wilson Contreras doing his thing, etc. Or should they continue being aggressive in trying to move some of these guys? And I. Honestly, I don't really know what my answer would be to that. Part of that is because we don't know if they're even attempting to have discussions about extending any of these guys, one of these guys, two of these guys, none of these guys. We don't know. And so obviously that informs whether you would be interested in trading them at the moment, uh, especially for guys like Chris, Javi, and Anthony, right? Their contracts are up at the end of the year. If you're working on something longer than that, great, then obviously you wouldn't be looking to trade them. If you've had those discussions and they go nowhere, maybe you do. So while we're here, right, you know, Lester's gone, Schwarber's gone, Darvish is gone, Caratini's gone, uh, you know, other other guys are gone. Are you, do you have like a particular direction? Like when you read that rumor, even though it was just a rumor and, and really didn't have much to it, Are you looking at something like that, KB and Kyle Hendricks thing, thinking, boy, that would suck? And there's a lot more nuance there because Hendricks is a really weird person to trade. Uh, That would be really bad, in my opinion. Um, But are you looking at that and thinking like, you know what at this point do it get as big of a haul from the most prospect heavy team that you can because this is what you're doing so go all in or are you looking at that going oh my god like i'm gonna jump off a ledge well i'm gonna jump off a ledge if that happens uh (laughs) so no to your to your answer i should have assumed that for you (laughs) i think that's the default answer for probably and there's a there's a few
0: reasons there's a few reasons for this one you have currently on your roster Wilson Contreras, Javi Baez, Tony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, and Ian Happ. And you do have Kyle Hendricks locked off for four more seasons. So no, I don't think you should be trading from within to get more prospects. And given this market, given Chris Bryant's price tag, I don't see even a package coming even close to what we got for you Darvish. And that you Darvish trade aggravated almost everyone. So... No, I, I don't want that. I don't even think right now it's and
1: I, Well nobody wants any of I know, of this, I know, but right? you guys know that. I, but what I, I we're just proceeding forward. What, None of us want any of what this. What I mean by that, Corey, uh, yeah. is looking around the market right now,
0: I feel like as a fan looking outside and in, I can't predict what's going on. For the first month or so, you had so many starting and pitching free agents signed for around three million dollars. All of a sudden, you're going to relieve your signing for $8 million, for $50 million like the White Sox did. So I, I don't know what the market is. And then you see a trade like you Darvish for teenagers, and you're looking at you Darvish, who should have won the Cy Young last year. I don't even know if teams are willing to give up those top prospects right now because that might be the best currency in this post-COVID baseball world. So that's where I have a lot of hesitancy. If they're trading for a payroll dump, Maybe they will. Maybe they aren't. Who knows? People have different opinions on it. I don't even know. But if they are trading just for the sake of salary, that scares me. I think right now, given where this team is, the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Cubs, they are all kind of within, within that same competitive range for the division, and maybe it makes more sense for two reasons, the first being... You go into the season, you see how Chris Bryant rebounds, Javi Baez rebounds, you see if Davies and Hendricks can kind of lead that duo atop the rotation, and maybe you could also like come out and be consistent, along with Alec Mills being serviceable, and then reassess. And then the second reason is, let's say Chris Bryant does rebound, and you still have these financial restrictions but he's rebounded to the level that other teams are more willing to give up some better prospects, then you trade him, you save your $10 million, you get back a better prospect package, and you're able to project 22 a little bit better. So for for me, looking outside in, that's kind of the direction I want them to go at this point. I don't want this direction. I never did. But this is kind of where we're at, and I think that makes the most sense going forward, but we have zero idea. This is like a a 0% confident opinion right now, but I'm scared. I say all this because I'm scared that we won't even be able to get back anything that will make us as fans even a little bit optimistic by trading Chris Bryan Corey. I just can't see any scenarios that make us feel better about it
1: right no I'm I'm with you um, and as we've discussed before this is a particularly tight needle and thread situation that Jed is trying to maneuver here and you know part of that is just because again as we discussed at the beginning there's different ways to take a lot of these words so I'll call it a retooling at the moment they're not really rebuilding technically maybe they Will be I don't know. It depends how you <laughs> define these words. But pick whatever you want. Sure. However, you would describe whatever they're doing right now. I'm going to go with a retool. Is a
0: soft rebuild a better way to describe this? Yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's hard to. They're say. inventing I mean, something. We need new like here. a linguist or something like that to tell us exactly what's happening. But it's it's not what they did the first time with Theo. So that's a rebuild. This is something else. But as we talked about, like the the. Factors amongst the game of baseball, especially on a day like today, where you know you're seeing more of these public criticisms and negotiations and things like that from the players' association and the league, they still don't have some of the rules decided on. I mean, they're even today. I mean, we're in January. We're talking about pitchers and catchers reporting next month. They don't. They're still talking about the DH and the expanded playoffs, Brendan. <laughs> so you've got that. On top of all these teams taking huge revenue losses, right? And yes, of course, like their owners can afford it. You, You don't need to, you know, we're never carrying water here. I say that all the time. But that's just the reality. So when you're looking at trying to make these trades, this is a terrible time to be doing all of this. Because as we learned from the Darvish trade, there really was not a lot of options. I said this on uh, maybe two podcasts ago, that normally when you're trading someone like Darvish, you're hoping for a door number one, door number two, door number three scenario, right? And ideally, the people behind the doors are adding to what's behind them as they're bidding against each other. It sounded like the Yu Darvish situation was, here's door number one. You can take it or you can turn around and leave, right, for Jed Hoyer, which is just not where you want to be. There's just not a lot of teams looking on to take these big contracts and make moves like this in this particular climate, Uh, especially, you know, you're also coming off a year where you did not have a full minor league season. A lot of teams have laid off scouts. The Cubs have changed, you know, a lot of the stuff in that regard. They've had to work Extra hard to do their scouting and to keep up with some of that stuff, so it's just not a good environment for this. And and so you combine all of this together, and it creates a really difficult scenario for Jed Hoyer. And it's an odd spot to be in, and and kind of why I I said at the beginning that we don't really know the complete direction of of what they're doing you know it's because you're trying to square all of this with jed and tom's repeated insistence of intending to compete in 2021 and not fully tearing down the team you know but you look at a rumor and again it was just a rumor and really not much of one right again it could have been a 10 second phone call that this toronto blue jays reporter was just saying yeah the phone call occurred um but you see a rumor like that as a fan and you're like okay <laughs> like if all these guys go if you let schwarberg go you let lester go um you trade you darvish if you were to trade chris bryant if you were to trade anybody else too hendricks contreras whoever like that's tearing it down like i don't know what tom or jed define tearing it down as but that's that's what tearing it down is. I mean, you're taking away, like, the entirety of the team, you know, save for, like, a couple guys. That's tearing it down. I don't care how you want to look at it. So it's kind of squaring all of that and the ability to compete. And what really confuses where we are, Brendan, is that right now, if the season started tomorrow, I, like, they could win the division. <laughs> They could win the division and they might win 81 games. You know what I mean? I made up a number, but like this, nobody in the division is trying to get better. The Pirates just traded uh, Tyone, so they're getting worse. They're definitely committed to being the worst. Nobody's committed to being the best in this division, but the Pirates are definitely committed to being the worst. So it's an odd spot because I think you still have a lot of people looking and going, okay, they've done all of this. I hated the Darvish deal. I hated that they didn't give John Lester his money and let him retire as a Chicago Cub. I hated that they let Schwarber go for nothing, but they could still sign, you know, and, and I think um, friend of the podcast, Ryan Tomier, tweeted this out the other day. You know, they could sign Jackie Bradley Jr. and Colton Wong, probably for very little money, go defense first, right? Sell out for defense with this pitching staff that you have and see what happens. They'd likely enter pitchers and catchers in spring training as, if not the best team in the NL Central, certainly not out of it in terms of competing in that division. But are they going to do that? Like, honestly, Brendan, like, I don't think so. I think they're going to move more guys, and I, I, I would be Like, even seeing the Romine signing, I was like, wow, look, uh, that's a million dollars they just spent on this guy. (laughs) Like, that's just where I am. I'm just pessimistic about their attempts for 2021, and, you know, I, I don't know what to make of all the trade rumors and stuff like that. My hope is, honestly, that if they're looking to move people, they're not going to do it unless the return is enough. But I don't know, man. Uh, you know, as I said, like this is a really tough, a tough needle to thread for, for Jed Hoyer. The the climate in the game of baseball is not good, and trying to make trades like this and bring up prospects through the system and stuff like that is a very risky and high variance um, endeavor. Mm. Rego- you know, in a normal context. Right and just with everything going on, this is a this is a very precarious spot that this organization is in. So it's that's where we are. You know, they they haven't really done much more in that regard because as as much as it pains me and I and I think a lot of us, you know, the John Lester decision doesn't really tip the hand for any of this, right? Just because of his age and you know you're you're bringing him back to. You know, you're not. You wouldn't be bringing him back to be a a top of the rotation guy, right? And he wasn't going to cost that much money. So it it sort of shows us that they're not going to spend a lot of money. But as far as competing for 2021 or making more trades for the future, it doesn't really inform us that much. Um, It it really just informs us they're not going to spend that extra money on you know a a legend for the Cubs to retire the way that he wants. They 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 apparently need to spend that money elsewhere, right? So it doesn't really inform us. So really like since the Darvish trade, we've gotten a bunch of rumors, a little bit of activity, but nothing that really moves us further in one direction or the other. We're kind of still in that same spot. So it's it's all just to say it's hard to make, you know, it's hard to know exactly what they're doing and whether we can kind of like Ease up on being terrified that there's more to come, and you know, just sort of getting ready for pitchers and catchers, and we'll see what happens, or staying on guard for that, and you know, kind of expecting even more in in that in that way.
0: I've been reading a lot on Twitter, and I don't know, maybe we're guilty of this too, but you're seeing a lot of fans, even like you know, quote unquote diehard fans, saying they're they're not going to watch the team this year, like they're not interested. And we're, we're, you know, we're psychos. Like, I'm going to watch this team no matter what. And I still think even given all these limitations, all the restrictions, there's a weird, morbid curiosity that goes on with who is going to play where, who's going to play second base, who's going to play left field? Mm -hmm. Who's going to start for this team? What does that fifth spot in the rotation look like? Is Kimbrough going to be better? Can't we trade Kimbrough at the deadline? And I think all of these have relevance, not only in a competitive context, but also long term for 22. So the reason I bring this up too, is to frame going forward, especially with this podcast, we're going to be talking about things that that are relevant in the immediate and in the future. And it's beyond just being disturbed by rickets and the willingness to not spend to not take out you know more debt and and try to keep this competitive window a little bit longer like my mind is beyond that Now now i'm looking at yeah. who's going to play in 21 and to your point Corey, are these are these guys good enough for a world series contender no they're not they're severely behind the nationals severely behind the dodgers in the national league they're they're not likely going to compete. Now, is there a world that they could compete? Yeah, there is. Like, baseball's a dumb sport, as we all know. And even if it's a 1% chance that it could happen, I'll be watching. And you have to accept, yes. too, that there is a 1%, 5%, whatever it is, chance
1: this could happen. So we have to talk well, about Well, and I mean, this. you know, to that point, Brendan, like, if Anthony Rizzo puts on his pinstripe 44 Chicago Cubs jersey— and is out there playing at Wrigley Field, I'm there rooting for him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not, you know, like, I the I get the, you know, kind of sentiment from some that, you know, this they're over this and they're just so disappointed in all of this. Like, we are too. But, like, I'm, you know, like, I'm in this for life. And <laughs> you know they deserve mean? it like, too, Corey. For better or worse. Yeah. Like, I am a Cubs fan for life. Uh, That will not change. And whatever they're doing, like, I'm going to be behind them and, and supporting them, whether I, su- you know, support this path, or, you know, what has has led us here, or not. And And I think, especially going forward, like, that's that's so much of what the conversation is the conversation is this is what they're doing we've told you how we feel about the decisions and and how we got here but this is what they're doing so what what do we need to happen what are we rooting for to happen what are we watching Mm -hmm. to happen to get us back to where we want to be yeah to get us back to where the Cubs are a top team in this league to where they have the best players in the league and they are you know realistically and honestly world series contenders every single year and so that's that's where we are and you and you brought up a lot of those things even if they're not going to be putting their best foot forward in 2021 like there's going to be plenty to watch for the the you know we talked with uh Greg a couple weeks ago about a lot of the interest that's going to be in the minor league system you know especially that double A team is going to be loaded with some talent and some future players for the Chicago Cubs um but also something you just mentioned there Brendan like you can you can dial in the minute this season starts right, to what Craig Kimbrell is doing, because you want to talk about something that might be really important, it's going to be if Craig Kimbrell can be good and get moved somewhere else. That could be huge Mm -hmm. for this team. And like, nobody wants to, (laughs) nobody wants to watch things from that lens, right? Of course. But this is where we are, you know? And so I think the goal now is, okay, this is what they're doing. We've yelled about it. We've cried, literally cried about it. Well, some of us have literally cried about it. I don't want to speak for all of you, but I definitely did. Um, You know, how do we get there? How do we get from where we are right now to where we want to be? And I think that's going to be a lot of the focus going forward. I, I think kind of what we're talking about today, at least a little bit, is we're not really sure exactly what that means for 2021 right like there there can still be a lot more action done to extract value from the team that they have now they can leave it alone we can kind of see how it all plays out that's the thing that i think we're kind of waiting to to see how aggressively is that going to be pursued in the rest of this off season at this trade deadline et cetera, or you know, are we kind of off of that? But yeah, like I, I think you know, again, I, I I get the the sentiment, and especially in the world we're living in, like if if you don't have the energy to be dialed in like you have been the last several years, like that's that's everybody's decision, um, you know, and I wouldn't judge you for that. But I I think it's pretty safe to say, and you can tell this just by listening to Brendan and I, like. All we care about is that the Cubs end up in a place where they are winning games and they are competing for World Series championships. So if that's not in 2021, we're going to be focused on how we get there.
0: We've seen a lot of the displeasure and the sadness and disappointment, seeing Darvish gone and Lester gone and Theo gone. Not all of them are gone either, and there's going to be a point in time where you look back and be like, man, you know, I do wish, I do miss seeing Wilson play catcher. I do miss Javi at shortstop. And not saying it's going to happen now or in the next year or even the next five years. I'm not saying that. But a lot of these guys who brought you that joy are still here. So they deserve our support regardless if Rickett's is not going to spend and to a degree i am conflicted with that it's almost as if the ownership takes advantage of that sentiment and it's almost like i don't think it's almost as if they they do do. they definitely i mean that's a chicago sports ownership issue across the board man the bears bulls like i mean all of them but that's just that's just how it is and so there's You can stop watching it and I get it, but it's not, you know, it's not fair to to those guys going out there and playing 162 games a year. They need our support, Corey.
1: And again, I mean, like I said, that's as simply as I can put it. I mean, you you may have a different player for you, but if Anthony Rizzo's out there with the Chicago Cubs logo on his chest, like I'm going to be there rooting him on and and cheering the team on. I mean, you'll, you know, in, in all these years, like when I've worked for other teams, when the Cubs have been bad like, over my dead body. I'm not supporting the <laughs> Chicago Cubs. So, yeah. you know, we get mad about it. We, you know, we we express our frustrations and stuff like that sometimes different than other people. You know, I think other people are at times able to just sort of be more positive and, and you know, keep that kind of energy on things. I think we do that most of the time, you know, but sometimes we embrace the despair. Brendan and I are anxiety riddled, you know, weirdos. <laughs> so that's just, it's hard for it's us to be positive bit, all the yeah. time, but we try for you guys. But yeah, like, this is what it is. And we're not happy about it. And you know, it, it certainly isn't meant to support, uh, you know, ownership, uh, not spending. And you know, like I've said a million times, I don't care that they lost a bunch of money on the buildings around Wrigley Field. That's I'm not paying for that. I, I mean we we're all literally paying for that, but like say, that's not what I'm <laughs> intending to be paying <laughs> for. Like bet. I care about the team on the field. I don't care that you lost a bunch of money because you needed more money in other business ventures. That should be your problem. Unfortunately, it's our problem. But I let you know that that's not gonna knock over our love for the Cubs. Yeah. So again, it's sort of just about how we proceed forward. Um, and and that's really what it is. So. It's it's interesting. Uh, like I said, I get the sense that we're in for more pain. I, I I just don't think they're done. Some of these guys show up in rumors so often. Um, it's nice to think that Jed is listening on everybody. And unless he gets, you know, the sweet spot of an offer for someone like Wilson Contreras or Chris Bryant, he's not going to do anything. But I don't know, man. I. I just I feel like they're still looking for money to get rid of and hoping Mm -hmm. to continue to improve the pipeline. But yeah, you know, especially like someone like Chris Bryant, like I just don't really know how much moving him is going to do in that regard. That's my point. Um, I I think at this point, if you're dead set on moving him, if you're dead set on this, you know, an extension isn't going to happen. I would probably wait until the deadline um, to see what's up to see, you know, if fans are able to come back for some teams, to see if uh, some teams, you know, find themselves in a competitive spot and KB's having a solid year and they, you know, are able to maybe feel more assured that they're trading for MVP level Chris Bryant and, you know, not 2020 shortened season injured, uh, you know, Chris Bryant. But, I don't know man it's 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 I, I I joked to Brendan the other day that anytime I wake up and I don't have any messages from him I breathe a sigh of relief and I I mean this like literally because that means nothing happened it We're at the point where if I have like 10 missed messages from Brendan in the morning, I'm like, oh God, <laughs> you know, like what is going to be happening here? Like, oh man, <laughs> you know, like, oh no. Um, so, you know, like today I woke up with nothing and I was like, whew, phew, we can start our Monday. Like I got to go to work and I don't have to deal with this. Um, yeah, the world is a better place yeah. when they don't hear from me. I've heard that too many times. Yeah, well- <laughs> Yeah, I didn't I mean it like that, it's but okay. it's true. It's a it's a good point. So that's that's where we are. Um I know it's been a lot of that and you know really we've been doing this for not just this off-season and you know unfortunately too like now you hear this stuff about Arizona asking to delay spring training and we're seeing more of the uh you know like I said the MLB owners and uh players association fighting again and we're building towards that uh, CBA negotiation and things like that. So it almost you know feels like I I sincerely hope we don't have to do what we did last time, which was kind of come on here and go, well, I don't know when the season's going to start, you know that kind of stuff. But I did kind of get like a little bit of a flashback on there today. But that's, yeah, that's kind of where things are. So I think the best way to go forward in terms of breaking things down is to take it episode by episode. So right now, this is the team that they got. This is where the division is. And I think we should look at things in that context. If if things change, if the Cubs trade more players, if they acquire more prospects and, and things like that, we can have someone like Greg, someone like Brian Smith from Bleacher Nation come on and, and talk us through who these prospects are and what it means to the system. And if not, we can talk about the 21 Chicago Cubs as they're currently constructed um, and trying to figure that out. And, and you know, Brandon, I think one of the things to, to, you know, go on that line, one of the things that we've talked about and that they're ultimately going to have to address a little bit more, you know, we mentioned someone like Shelby Miller, um, but he's far from a sure thing to be able to even contribute in that regard. Um, you're going to need a lot of pitching in this year we we've heard this a lot we've talked about this a lot but coming off a year like 2020 where you had guys go to spring training ramp up shut it down wait a couple months ramp up again then play a shortened season uh a lot of which included double headers you know weird travel and things like that so it was unique um you're going to need a lot of starting pitchers, and you're going to have a lot of guys who maybe are not able to hit those innings thresholds that they were in previous years. You know, some of these guys that you look at as really consistent innings getters and things like that, you know, they may not be able to do that just from a workload perspective uh, for, for their health and, and you know, just because of what they're coming off of. So that is something, if we're looking at this Cubs roster as it stands right now, and and even— playing with the idea that the money being spent has to be minimal right they've got to find innings somewhere and you know maybe they're intent on giving it to all of those young guys you know all of those names that we talk about with someone like Greg and that you and I have talked about over the the weeks and months you know maybe they're going to be like It's not one guy that's gonna get that opportunity, right? It's gonna be all of them. So if you were hoping to see Tyson Miller, Corey Abbott, and Justin Steele, right, or whoever it is get innings, guess what, right? Like they're gonna get those innings. But I think you're gonna need to see them probably pick up some other guys, even if it's just, you know, minor league invites or spring training invites, rather. You're going to need more bodies uh, at some point to pick up these innings because I, I, I don't think you can throw some of these guys out there and say, okay, go give me you know 200 innings, right? You just might not be able to do that uh, given everything that's gone on in the last year and, uh, again, today, some of the uncertainty that's still there. Even with the current Cubs crop, some of these guys, like, they haven't gone deep in a
0: major league season ever. Even Alec Mills has never thrown over 100 innings in a big league team he's done it in the minors but with a big league team he's never done that and currently he's the projected number four starter so at some point they're going to have to get more people on this team for, for depth and we talk about shelby miller he hasn't i mean he has 0.4 wins above replacements since 2015 dude and he hasn't pitched basically at all consistently since that time period Someone like Albert Alzelay, I love Alzelay so much, but he's had his biceps injuries. He hasn't had a full cup of coffee in the bigs yet. And like we look at even lower on the list on the depth chart, like Keegan Thompson had an elbow injury last year. So you have to really squint and hope and roll the dice that you're going to get Uh, a decent amount of innings from what you currently have and i like everyone on this like depth possibility train i guess if you want to call it that i think they're all interesting in their own aspects but am i confident that this is enough i'm not right now and i think you do have to look elsewhere in free agency or if you end up making more trades bringing back some guys who can give you innings just to survive just to take off the load of some of your other pitchers who may not do well but they still need to get more development i mean there's a lot to go on with this so just looking right now of of who we got for your projected rotation again just to repeat you have kyle hendricks zach davies Adber alzali alec mills and, and right now you have shelby miller probably in that five spot competing with someone maybe like tyson miller or Corey abbott braylon marquez likely to start elsewhere um you know Justin Steele Keegan Thompson those guys as well uh they're not gonna start with the bigs unless they blow the coaches away in in spring training I don't see that happening so I'm looking at the free Asian market and you ask how my day went like I literally looked up Jeff Samarja today like like what's Jeff no. Sam I know like what's Jeff Samardja doing and I, I forgot he didn't even like basically pitched last year but that's that's how desperate I am right now Justin Marja's not gonna work for the Cubs, by the way I just run it out there but I'll Besides Jeff Samarja, you have 34 current free Asian pitchers on the market. Um, a lot of them make sense. You see names that pop out to you like Rich Hill and Mike Leake, and you know Jake Odorizzi, James Paxton, Rick Porcello, Carlos Rodon, Anibal Sanchez. At some point or another, Masahiro Tanaka, at some point or another, these guys were actually in like the top five of Cy Young votes, right? So they do get some attention. And I'm looking at this current free Asian market and I'm trying to see okay cubs are not spending we know that maybe they can spend 2 million 3 million maybe a non-roster spring training in like I don't I don't know at this point so I'm trying to find guys that kind of make sense and the one name that popped out to me was Trevor Williams I I believe I mentioned him on this on this podcast maybe not within the last month but at some point during the off season and I bring up Trevor Williams first and foremost because he in my opinion, is probably going to be within the Cubs' price range, although who knows what their price range is. But you look at Trevor Williams, and this is someone who started over 25 games three times in his career. He has basically average peripherals to below league average peripherals. He's not going to blow you away. I'm not trying to hype up you know Trevor Williams over here, but he has destroyed the Cubs in years past.
1: But what- I was going to say, Brendan, just for anyone in our audience uh, listening and you're thinking, Trevor Williams, why do I know that <laughs> name? It's because if you've ever watched a game where the Cubs played the Pirates and they get shut out for six innings by a guy with a six and a half ERA, that's Trevor, that's Williams, Trevor Williams who's doing it.
0: Yeah, and like. Trevor Williams also has three minor league options. Like I don't, I don't know if anyone will ever use that on them, but that is a possibility. If the Cubs want to like play the Iowa bus game and bring up guys and bring down guys, but Trevor Williams is 28 years old, and what I like most about him is he has one unique feature that is good or bad. I don't know, but it's a feature that stands out, and that that's his release point. And so he has a lower release point than 80% of current big league starters. And why do I highlight that? I highlight that one because maybe that's an area that the Cubs can maximize. Maybe you can utilize that, that lower release point and change your pitching sequencing, your repertoire, whatever. Also, maybe that's a point of improvement. Maybe, maybe he hasn't had his success because that low release point is not playing well to his stuff. So it could go both directions. But regardless even with some some below league average peripherals, had an average whiff rate the last two years. Uh, his career year raised 4.4, not good. Career fit, 4.5, not good. Right now in today's standards, that's that's basically slightly below league average. But he's going to give you innings. And I think having a pitcher with five plus pitches, having a pitcher with a unique feature like that low release point, having someone who has a sinker, who has a slider, slider average whiff rate, Maybe the Cubs, Craig Breslow, Tommy Hodvey, they see something. They can they can you know change your wrist angle on that low release point. Maybe instead of throwing low fastballs, throw higher fastballs, which is a league-wide trend, and not only higher fastballs, but higher sinkers. Maybe that's a trend um, that they can utilize for someone like Trevor Williams, who again is 28 years old and has a history of starting consistently every single year. So That's just one name I want to throw out there. Corey, I I mean, I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. I know you're kind of like exhausted of of me talking about starting pitching candidates and then seeing them sign elsewhere basically the next week and seeing me depressed. But uh, like realistically, there's 35 guys on this market, man. And I know a lot of people were upset, including us, when Lester was uh, signed with the Nationals. They're thinking, oh, my God, why can't you give him $2 million for him to come back? I'm I'm holding out a, probably a false sense of hope that maybe they can give that two million to someone who's younger who maybe has more potential than an older John Lester. Maybe like I'm kind of waiting and seeing, even though again it's
1: probably a false sense of hope. But that that's where I am, Corey. You're going to be disappointed on that latter point, <laughs> and I want to clear something up, sure. uh, really for the sake of my reputation. Yeah. I want you all to know, Brendan asked, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, you know, meaning like Trevor Williams and guys like that. And I'd like to state emphatically that no, I do not. (laughs) I do not ever think about Trevor Williams, uh, nor will I ever. So that is my stance on that. It is a really sad state of affairs that... The Cubs have done this to our poor, poor Brendan I, I um, in the it. past. In the past years, he's obsessed over guys like Jake Arrieta, Yu Darvish, etc., and, and set his sights so high on the guys that the Cubs could be getting. Well, and here he is impressed. now looking at video and z scores and uh, release point data for Trevor Williams. Well, I, I I feel like you know that. Uh, that you know look look how they massacred my boy look what they're doing to my my sweet sweet Brendan he's looking up guys with a six over six ERA and this is what he's doing but that's where we are um but yeah no I mean look like they're gonna need innings um Brett at Bleacher Nation wrote a good article about this and there's there's been a lot talked about this from some of the the other beat writers and stuff like you're just gonna need innings man and even someone like Kyle Hendricks, like he's not with the team anymore, but but one of the things that we always kind of noted was valuable about someone like Jose Quintana was that he was extraordinarily consistent in giving you 180 plus innings and 30 plus starts, right? I, I, I think like if you go back to his early time with the White Sox, it was like maybe once he didn't do that since then. He was always consistent in that regard. 2020, obviously, he cut himself, so that, you know, doesn't really count. But when he was healthy, when he was out there, he was going to eat up those innings for you, and he was going to make those starts. So you don't have a guy like that. Like, Hendricks and Davies have been around the block before. They're reliable, but again, they're coming off of these weird years, so they're they're you're not going to be able to likely push them to their norm or their maximum. And like you said, Brendan, you look at someone like Alec Mills, uh, you know, whose experience varies, and someone like Alzali like, I think we all are looking forward to Bear getting in the rotation, having a chance to, you know, really cement his spot in that rotation, build towards his future, uh, and see what he can do, especially after those adjustments he made at the end of 2020, working with Breslow and hotavi and adding to his pitch repertoire. I think we're all excited about that. I, I think, you know, even if the Cubs were pushing more chips all in on 2021, I think, Alzelay would be one of the more interesting parts of this team to sort of look forward to like he he, you know he's hopefully really going to get his shot in the rotation let's see what the guy can do the last time he threw over 100 innings in a professional baseball season was 2017 in the minors for the Cubs he threw 114 in a third innings The following year in 2018, he threw 39 and two-thirds. In 2019, between the minors and that little stint with the Cubs at the big league level, uh, just a little over 80. So, you know, and then 21, of course, in the season last year with the Cubs. So he hasn't thrown over 100 innings in several years. I have no idea where that's going to land him for 2021. Obviously, he's working as a starter, you know, he's he's been stretched out, they're going to have him on the right training program, strength and conditioning program, things like that. But to expect him to go out there and give you 30 starts in 180 innings like I was saying with someone like Quintana, like that's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be dangerous if it did for his arm right. and for his health. Right. So you have several guys like that, and you know, even if you're you're looking at some of these other minor league starters who maybe are you know more consistently starting, you know, adbert has gone back and forth, you know, he's relieved. So you have those guys, but like you said, Brendan, they haven't done it at the big league level against this competition and and things like that. So you're going to have to add. Uh, I I I joke about it, but you know, you're going to have to think about guys like Trevor Williams, and you're going to have to think about who you're going to be getting these innings from, uh, because this isn't a 60-game season, right, at least at this moment. Um, this is 162 games. Somebody's got to eat those innings, uh, and you're going to need to figure out who this, is, who that is, uh, you know, because you don't have Quintana, who was one of the more consistent people in that regard. John obviously— over the last couple years, you know, had some of those starts where they didn't last very long. But in general, he was a guy who you could rely on to make those starts. He was going to go every fifth day, right? And he was going to pitch and he would eat those innings, save for the, you know, couple of starts a year that were just complete blowups, right? So you got to replace two of those guys in your rotation, in addition to a guy who was giving you those innings at a Cy Young level in U Darvish. So that's not easy. Um, and even if you have guys that are interesting, like I said with Azlai, that's not eating enough innings. You're still going to have to find these guys somewhere. So that's where you get projects like Shelby Miller turning to guys like Corey Abbott and Tyson Miller and, you know, maybe giving them a shot and seeing what they can do. But you're going to need reinforcements. You're, you're going to need more reinforcements now than likely ever. So at some point, whether it's minor league deals, spring training invites, whatever it is, the Cubs are going to have to continue adding in that regard unless they're planning on, you know, just promoting like their entire double A and triple A rotation at some point.
0: Greg talked about Corey Abbott at that fifth starting possibility slot to open the year up. I like Corey Abbott too. I mean, him, me hearing Greg say that, you know, it piques my interest. I'm also now looking and digging deeper into someone like a Tyson Miller and doing so, I really hyped me up. Like I talk about not being totally hyped about Trevor Williams. This is this is a different situation. I'm I'm like a little bit hyped up about Tyson Miller here. And the reason being is he has this very unorthodox release point. And looking at the data from twenty twenty, when he only threw what is this? This is like I think sixty or so total pitches, maybe a little bit more. In those sixty or so pitches, he had the most towards third base release point in Major League Baseball. like I We talked about Jake Arrieta for years. And what made Jake Arrieta so unique was that he threw across his body with a release point that was the furthest towards third base side. Well, here's Tyson Miller. Basically the same degree of uniqueness with that release point. The difference between Arrieta and Miller is that Miller does not throw across his body. This is like and he's such his like such long levers and he's such a big guy it just stands out right away and you see some of the numbers and you compare it to current big leaguers and when i say he has a release point as unique in the same tier as Jake Arrieta, that should pique everyone's interest. And this guy's 25 years old, and he throws five pitches. He's not a two-pitch guy like Jose Quintano, who you just mentioned. He's a five-pitch guy. He's got a four-seam sinker, change, slider, curveball. And some of the metrics on those pitches look pretty encouraging. Uh, so I- I'm sitting here, and I'm trying to figure out who makes the most sense to, to get a shot to open up 2021. And my my vote right now is probably Tyson Miller. He throws 93, 94, 95. Changeup maybe needs a little bit more of a velocity separation from his four-seamer, but his changeup is at 87. His slider is at 86, so a little bit of a more sharp-breaking slider. And his curve, actually, is more of a sharp-breaking curve at 83. So it's kind of like in that same tier as his slider, and that may bode well for tunneling and stuff like that. So I think when spring training starts here, and we're, what, four weeks away, three weeks away from those guys reporting, my number one guy to follow to finish off the rotation is not Shelby Miller. Corey Abbott does get my attention. You know, Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson, those guys get my attention. But the guy I'm going to be looking at the most from day one is Tyson Miller. And look at that release point. Look at that delivery. Look at the video. Go to YouTube. Type him up. It's unique. It's interesting. It should pique your interest as it does mine. Um, So that's what I mean. Going forward, we can talk about rickets, talk about cutting money, but when we use this space and our time to highlight that and not a 25-year-old who is trending upwards with these top-tier numbers, then what are we doing this for, right? Like we need to talk about guys in the immediacy and in the future and Tyson Miller I haven't heard much about Tyson Miller this offseason, and yet when you look at his numbers, he deserves to have our discussion, Corey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, again, like I think that part of what we discussed with Greg and, and part of looking at, especially those younger guys who would be getting their, their first opportunity or someone like Alzali getting a more significant opportunity is that's not just 2021 right? If you give Tyson Miller an opportunity in 2021, and he succeeds, even if it's not, you know, the best season he puts together in his professional career, but if it's a step towards that, that's great, because he's part of your organization for more than just 2021. So if that's the direction that you're going, there are ways, certainly, even just with the players that you have, let alone, you know, some of these younger prospects that you're acquiring in these moves, there's ways for 2021 to be productive and to build toward the future that we're all hoping for. And it's all uncertain. It all, you know, I know that a lot of people have questions like, when is the spending going to return? Like, trust me, I'm with you, and we'll cover it, you know, every step of the way when it's relevant. But that stuff matters, and it affects all of that. If you unearth a, a starter in w- even just like one of these guys, man, you know, like that's, that's a game-changing sort of deal, you know, that you're able to find a, a cost controlled, effective, solid starting pitcher that you've moved through your own system. Like that's what we're all hoping for them to do. So that's one of the things that I think in 2021, you know, hopefully they can make better strides in and at least some of these guys can take that next step, make those adjustments and, and sort of show those flashes of, okay, we've got something here. We're building on something and, and we, you know, have something to work with right? So that's kind of uh, where we are. It's it's not exciting. Nobody wants to be doing this. But again, the the goal is from here. This is what they've started doing. The moves they've made are the moves they've made. And how do we get from here to the Cubs being in the place that we all want them to be? Um, and, you know, like, I I don't want to completely you know, as we were kind of discussing, like, I don't want to completely throw 2021 away. As Brendan was saying, like, if you can screw around in your division, like, it's possible you can mess around, right? So like, by no means uh, is, is at least as currently constructed, you know, just like a waste of a season, right? Like, you can see what happens. Um, but that is kind of just more going off of the way that they're talking and the way that they're making these moves, right? They're They're clearly just not Putting their best effort towards the group in 2021. So that's, you know, I think why obviously the the lens gets widened a bit to 2022 and beyond. But that's the state of the Cubs. And, you know, kind of in between when we talk to you guys next, we go back to that waiting game. Are they going to have more for us to break down Um, if they do? you know we're always game for an emergency podcast and we'll talk about what happened there uh or are they going to you know maybe sit still and round out this team as as cheaply and uh, you know hopefully effectively as they can and just kind of see what happens in another strange year and you know we're 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 still waiting on some of the again the details of of this season but you know perhaps they they can mess around um but that's that's really what it is and yeah uh, it's (laughs) it's just a waiting game folks and you know as I said before like I I see those rumors and there's there's somewhere it's it's easier to see how it would benefit the team more or it would benefit the team less but I think each of us just sort of have those names where it's it would hit us worse than others right Um, you know I don't know how you guys rank like, let's say, Wilson, KB, Javi, and Rizzo, just some of the, the, you know, either guys on on contracts that are expiring or Wilson, who's just a name that pops up a lot. Um, But I would assume that all of us don't necessarily, uh, you know, wouldn't feel as comfortable with certain guys getting traded just because the value would be the most, right? Like, I think we've all got those guys who, like, if we see their name, it hurts us more, even if it's not the most valuable to the Cubs, or it is the most valuable to the Cubs, so it's it's a wait and see game. And uh, you know, I I will get through it together. I promise. If we if 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 we can get through John Lester leaving together, we can get through anything. Um, and on that note too, like the the deal must not be official. I don't know if John didn't go for his physical yet or whatever it is. So. Unlike with like Tyler Chatwood and Jose Quintana and Kyle Schwarber, those have already been announced by the other teams. Like they've done their "Hey, welcome to Washington so are you Post" or, hope or something, "Welcome or to LA." N- no, <laughs> okay. I'm I'm lamenting the fact that I still have to wait for the at Cubs video and the official like I see. tweeting of it. It's it, you know we we got the news. It's sort of like a Band-Aid being ripped off really, really slowly. Like, I can't technically just move on yet because I know there's still a little bit more pain to come in in the near future. But as I said, if we can get through that, we can get through it together. Um, and I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, we all have the same goal in mind. We all have the same interest in mind, which is the Cubs being good, the Cubs winning games on the field and the Cubs being back in the World Series. So, uh, we're we're all going to have different opinions and levels to those opinions about what they're doing right now and how they're going about it and how they got here. But I think we all have the same end game. And so we'll reconvene in a week hopefully left alone for another week. Uh, just just as as my great-grandmother used to say, no news is good news. That is literally the story of the Chicago Cubs offseason. Just leave me alone for uh, another week, uh, and then we'll proceed from there. Um, but either way, like we, we all have the same end goal, and we're going to Hopefully, watch them get there. I don't know how long it might take, but we're going to break it down, and and you know, hopefully, we can figure out their path to doing that. And hopefully, it's sooner rather than later, even if that means uh, not necessarily for the 2021 season. But that's where we are. Uh, we thank you guys for listening to the Cubs related podcast. And, you know, as usual, like we usually sort of throw this out here, but it's, it's been, uh, you know, some dry off seasons. Like, you know, uh, we, we went into that one off season hoping like for Bryce Harper and all that other stuff. And I think we kind of figured that the, Hayward Zobrist off season might kind of be the norm. We'd just be like talking about these new guys and these huge contracts and all this exciting stuff all the time. So uh, really, just it's just to say like we appreciate you guys sticking with us in the times where they're not doing very much. We're talking about literally the bottom of the free agent barrel, and for the last year we've been talking about you know we don't even know you know, we don't even know when they're allowed to show up for spring training t- today. Like Arizona's throwing that into question. So we appreciate you guys sticking with us, um, even though the topics haven't always been super exciting or exhilarating. Um, and at times the topic has literally been, when will they play baseball again? We actually don't know. So we appreciate that. That that means a lot to us. Uh, and hopefully it, it, you know, gets more exciting soon as we're actually approaching them, you know, practicing and getting to spring training and building a baseball team so uh, we appreciate you guys sticking with us we will talk to you hopefully a week from now and not any sooner and as always we end by saying go cubs